we're good. Yeah, we can God. we can get rolling. Damn it. I'm sorry. I don't dude. even know what time it is. It's only 4.30. Are you good? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I apologize for all my bullshit. It's no. been... I needed to decompress a little bit. I'm just happy I'm not at work right now. No, you're good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. How you doing, Pat? I made it. <laughs> I'm happy to be in the studio and not at work at the moment. Definitely. Me too. Anyways, uh, we got a big episode today, don't we? We do. Episode 69. Nice. Yeah, 69. Yep. Um, any comments for the number 69? You know what? I'm just going to leave those comments to myself. I don't know. What do you got for 69? You know... Got any football players? Sixty nine. There was a guy he played for, uh, like the Washington, whatever the XFL Washington team was. It was like the, it wasn't the Commanders. It was like the DC Generals or something. It was a team that Cardell Jones played on. That's a better name than Commanders. Yeah, they had a guy that wore number sixty nine. It was their left tackle, and his last name was Boozer. Boozer sixty nine. Nice. That's that's, that's kind of badass. That was pretty good. Nice. That's all I got for 69. I'm trying to think of who the hell wears. There probably aren't a lot of players walking around in the NFL wearing number 69. Probably not. Anyways, so we got a big episode this week. So do you have any news stories? Yeah, I got some news stories. My first one is from our favorite, UPI on News. Awesome. Exceedingly rare pterosaur fossil from Jurassic period found in Scotland. You know, I saw this one. I didn't read it because I figured that you were probably going to run it. So, <laughs> Thank you. Researchers in Scotland said a winged reptile fossil found on one of the country's islands is a previously unknown type of pterosaur and the largest ever discovered from the Jurassic period. It's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. 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 The University of Edinburgh, which published its paper on the Discovery Tuesday in the journal Current Biology, said the pterosaur that lived about 170 million years ago, remarkably well-preserved when it was discovered discovered in 2017 on the Isle of Skye off Scotland's west coast. Pterosaurs preserved in such quality are exceedingly rare and are usually reserved in select rock formations in Brazil and China. And yet an enormous, superbly preserved pterosaur emerged from a tidal platform in Scotland. Natalia Chigilska, a doctoral student and the lead author of a paper, said in a University of Edinburgh news release. Chigilska said the hollow bones of pterosaurs made their remains fragile and unlikely candidates to become long-lasting fossils, but the Isle of Skye discovery remains in most pristine condition, articulated, and almost complete. That's pretty good. Pretty cool. There's more to the article, but I can basically end it there. Yeah, no, that's not the first time that we've talked about pterosaurs on the podcast. I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about them before. I think we have, too. I can't remember which episode. I feel like we've even used that current biology article before, but I can't remember. I can't remember what news stories are attached to what episode. Now, pterosaurs are, I think, flying dinosaurs pretty much. But some people argue that pterodactyls aren't even actually dinosaurs, which, how do you make that determination? But that's a pretty good news story. Yeah, that's pretty good. And that was out of Scotland, you said? Mm -hmm. That's yep. pretty cool. No, I think the other I wonder how it got there. It probably flew there. It could have, but they're not really, not usually found there. Maybe the climate in Scotland... 170 million years ago, it wasn't made wasn't for it pterosaurs. Wasn't it Pangea back then, though? That's wasn't true. Wasn't it all one continent? When was Pangea around? When, when was that going on? I don't know. We need some geology experts on the show for this. Tweet us at 30 in the if you know when Pangea was going on. We could do a very interesting geology podcast. Now, I got a C in geology in college. Although I got an A in the lab. I, I took the geology lab. <laughs> and I was a senior. I was there and there with a bunch of like young freshman kids mm -hmm. just dicking around with rocks for a while. <laughs> it was taught by a grad student who did not give a shit. Mm -hmm. He probably would be all about the pterosaur, mm. pterosaur findings. Anyways. What do you got? I got one. And this one is from the BBC, which is appropriate for episode number 69. Massive bear named Hank the Tank on the run from California police. <laughs> This might be the best news story ever. A massive black bear named Hank the Tank is wanted by California police for breaking into dozens of homes in a Lake Tahoe neighborhood since last summer. The bear burglar weighs 500 pounds, much more than the average bear, and appears to have skipped hibernation in a winter due to a constant food supply. Authorities say euthanasian may be... Euthanasian? Yeah, I was kind of. I was. I think. I don't think they put that correctly because I. I stumbled on that when I first read the article. Yeah. Too. Authorities say euthanasian may be necessary because the wild animal has grown so comfortable around humans. This is terrifying. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
Wildlife groups are calling for him to be located to a sanctuary. Now, how the hell are they going to capture this thing and relocate I, him? They're, they're going to have to, like, tranquilize it or something. Hank earned his nickname by hungrily barging his way into locked and occupied homes. It's learned to use its size and strength to force its way into homes, says California Department of Fish and Wildlife spokesman Peter Tyra. It'll barge through garage doors. It'll barge through front doors. It'll go through windows. Also crowned King Henry in the press, Hank is readily identifiable due to his exceptionally large size and dark (laughs) coat with a lighter muzzle, according to the South Lake Tahoe Police Department. Normally, non-lethal methods of Bear hazing, such as beanbag mutant munitions, sirens, and dry-firing police tasers, which make a clicky-clack noise of the bear's hate, may not be successful in driving Hank away. And this one goes on for a while. They've received over 150 calls. He's broken into nearly 40 homes. <laughs> Some causing severe damage. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Okay, you're just sitting there in your living room. You're minding your own fucking business. Oh, my God. Watching TV. <laughs> And a fucking bear just blows through your fucking front door. It's not even that's a bear. This is like the biggest black is... bear in the history of the world. <laughs> now, here's the other thing, too, with wild animals that people tend to forget about is outside of humans are soft because we don't have to use our muscles. So we use tools. Yes. Wild animals are fucking beasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a fucking average chimpanzee is like 10 times as strong as a fucking would man. kick the ass of the strongest human you could possibly find. 100%. Just annihilate them in hand-to-hand combat. This fucking thing is a combat machine. Bears are combat <laughs> machines. They're tested in the wild constantly. They're full of muscle and strength and power. Dude, I don't fuck with squirrels. Exactly. Okay? You can't do that shit. This thing is a fucking one-man, one-bear army. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. It's hilarious. That's pretty much all I got with that one. That was a pretty, it was kind of a long news article. It's pretty good. But <laughs> they don't They don't seem to have a plan together. They're not, they're not really doing anything about this, so. Yeah, I, I think you're just going to have to, like, tranquilize that thing. Yeah, or just get rid of it. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, you I don't hope, want, you, hope don't, you don't kill it. You don't want to kill it. You really yeah. don't want to kill it. Right. But 40 homes? How many of these have small small children? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. I can guarantee you if you had the choice between killing the bear or having him break into your house, you're shooting that thing. Oh, 100%. That's why I keep shotgun slugs at home. I don't think we have to worry about that around here. You never know. The zoo could have a breakout. I mean, we've talked about it on almost every episode, a zoo breakout. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyways. I have one more. This is from physicsastronomy.com. Astronomers discover a disappearing space object that turns on and off every 20 minutes and sends highly polarized radio signals. Interesting. Do you have a date on this one? February 22nd, 2022. So that is very recent. That's interesting. I saw a headline passing through Facebook the other day. I guess out near Hawaii or something, they scrambled some F-16s out there because they there was some type of UFO they saw out there. There's been a couple of recent Yeah, things. there's been like two or three that I've seen recently. Yeah, I didn't see that one specifically, but I also saw a different one where there was a meteor that floated near the mm. Earth, and astronomers were like, it was flying much slower than every other meteor they've ever seen, and they couldn't really figure out how the hell that was physically possible. And apparently, I guess March 4th, a piece of a ship that was launched by China that's been orbiting around the Earth or whatever, it's supposed to crash into uh, the moon. Like, it's uh, like it's been projected. Like it's actually, it's going to happen, like, March 4th. It's going to hit the moon. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like we could do just space news stories and have no <laughs> problem every week. Anyways, let's get into this one. According to a research paper published in Nature, astronomers detected a really weird object 4,000 light years distant from the Earth. Every other minute, the object vanishes from view and produces a massive burst of radio waves three times an hour. That's very regular. That's interesting. Tyrone O'Doherty, a Curtin University student, first noticed the enigmatic object while scanning the sky in rural Western Australia. It's exciting that the source I identified last year has turned out to be such a peculiar object, stated O'Doherty in a press statement. The object, which scientists claim is unlike anything else they've observed, emits a tremendous beam of radiation that every 20 minutes shines brightly in the sky. It also spins and vanishes every minute. Scientists refer to space objects that turn on and off in the sky as transients. When studying transients, you're watching the death of a massive star or the activity of the remnants it leaves behind, says Dr. Gemma Anderson, and ICRAR, certain astrophysicist and co-author of the work. Slower transients, such as a supernovae, might arrive in a matter of days and last several months. First transients, such as a neutron star, flash on and off many times per second. However, transients between those two speeds are uncommon, and the current discovery is really weird and 
completely unexpected according to researchers. It was kind of spooky for an astronomer because there's nothing known in the sky that does that, says astrophysicist Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker, who headed the research team. And it's really close to us, about 4,000 light years distant. That's in our galaxy's backyard. Hurley-Walker characterized the enigmatic object as being smaller than the sun yet brilliant, radiating highly polarized radio waves three times an hour. The radio pulses imply that it has an extremely strong magnetic field, which may correspond to a previously anticipated astrophysical object that has never been verified to exist. Scientists referred to the hypothetical item as an ultra-long period magnetar. magnetar. It's a type of slowly spinning neutron star that has been predicted to exist theoretically, Hurley Walker explained. However, no one anticipated to immediately discover one like this since they were not thought to be that brilliant. It converts magnetic energy to radio waves considerably more efficiently than anything else we've seen previously. Astronomers believe it is a rare sort of neutron star or a collapsing white dwarf, but they need to examine it again to establish if it's a fluke or a new type of space object. That's the end of the article. Or it could be an alien power generator. That's true. This is where, see, we got that Webb telescope up there now, and we haven't really updated that since we talked about it on Aliens Part 7 or whatever the hell episode that was. Yeah. We haven't really talked about it, but it's up there. It's, it's like passing all of the progressions. Mm-hmm. I guess it's starting to do some like deep space observation. They got to point that telescope at that thing. Yeah, no Girl, shit. what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was honestly, that was our, one of our best news stories that we ever Yeah, that was a pretty that sweet really article. Good. Yeah. And it just begs the question, or what the hell's going on out there? We don't know anything about this. Now, that, that's regular regular intervals where we're getting this, this energy getting shot back to Earth or shot right. out, basically. And if you think about it, like 4,000 light years sounds far, but considering, it, I guess it's really not when you, all things considered. Yeah, see, it depends. See, we've got... We've got a planet in the habitable zone that's only 12 light years away at Tau Ceti. Yeah, that's not very far. That's, I mean, 4,000 isn't very far. 12 is like right there. And to put that even in perspective, our solar system, nobody really knows where it, where it ends at because you got the Oort cloud, which is like a cloud of comets that's like way far out there. Mm-hmm. Our solar system could be a light year in, in diameter or even radius. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know, but it's, it's really interesting. Do you have anything else? I got one more quick one. This one's dumber than shit. Let's do it. From our favorite UPI uh, news. Our favorite. Tick Tocker Uh escapes shark attack by punching it repeatedly in the face. (laughs) A TikTok user took to the video sharing site to recount a story of how she won, in quotation marks, a confrontation with a lemon shark that had latched onto her foot by punching it repeatedly in the face. Heather West, 42, aka Wild Witch of the West, but in the word West, that's a three instead of an E on her TikTok handle, said in a series of videos posted on the site that she she was snorkeling off the dry Tortugas National Park with her friend late last month, and they intended to head to Loggerhead Key to visit the Little Africa Reef, but turned back towards land due to choppy conditions. She said she was the last member of the party in the water when she felt something tug on her foot. I immediately turned, and when I did, I felt something snatch my foot. My brain couldn't really comprehend what was going on, and I thought one of the guys had grabbed my foot trying to scare me, Wes said in one of the videos. Wes said she realized it was a shark grasping under her foot for her when it started to pull and its teeth went through the rubber to break her skin. Wes said she used her fist to repeatedly punch the, fit, the shark in the face until it let go, a struggle that lasted about 30 seconds. As soon as I could get on the beach, I looked down and I see that my foot is still there, so I got really excited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and started screaming. I was like, I won, I won, I won, she said. West said the damage to her foot was severe, so she was taken to Key West via seaplane for medical treatment. She said it took 20 stitches to repair her tendons. West said she believes a shark was a lemon shark, which are generally considered among the least dangerous species of shark, <laughs> accounting for only a, or small percentages of attacks worldwide. Now, I've, I've always been told that if you ever get attacked by a shark... Yes, you punch it in the nose and you hit its eyes. Same thing with a bear. Yeah. So Well, with a bear, you're supposed to get as big as possible and make as much noise as possible. Yeah, but if you're also close to it, pop it. Sure, yeah. Now, a shark, same thing, probably same principle. So we got Hank the Tank running around. We got this fucking lemon shark. I probably would fuck with a lemon shark rather than Hank the Tank. Yeah, Hank the Tank kind of scares me. But she's lucky that more sharks didn't come and get her if she was bleeding because sharks can smell blood from miles away. So she's lucky. Luckily, it was just a lemon shark. Anyways, on to the main topic. Are we ready? Yeah, I think we're ready. What is the main topic today, Pat? You know, Ben, this is your favorite topic. This is going to be your episode this week. What is our main topic? This is Aliens Part 9. 
I think so, but I'm not positive. We're going to call it <laughs> Aliens Part 9. Aliens Part 9, everybody. I was looking back. I probably should have re-listened to a couple of those old Alien episodes. Yeah. Just where the hell we left off. And how are we going to frame up this discussion this week? What are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about alien-human hybrids. Pat, this is 100% unequivocally your episode. Okay, it might be. <laughs> yeah, this week we're going to be talking about the hypothetical concept of alien-human hybrids. Do they really exist? Are they really out there? Are you an alien-human hybrid? Do you think you are? It's possible. It is possible. We could all be descendants of alien-human hybrids. And what's funny is that's kind of what I think these days. Like, I've been looking at I've been doing some research. I've been doing the math. And there's a lot of questions. There's not a lot of answers. Alien hybrid hybrid fits about as well as everything else that I've ever seen. Well, let's hear what you got, Pat. So the whole concept of alien-human hybridization has been around for a while. Like, it's not really a new thing. Sure. It gets talked about in bits and pieces. It gets talked about on old uh, History Channel shows quite a bit. It gets talked about in, even in, like, UFO encounters today. Like, you'll see, like, an alien abduction story where a person claims that they, they fathered or mothered an alien-human baby or they donated an egg or uh, some of the sperm to, uh, to I, the aliens. I don't know about donated, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not but you know what you know what i mean yeah i'm thinking of like like our, our current situation that sure. they, they do it with the banks and shit yeah sometimes it's kind of hard because we, we've talked about it before physical and sometimes psychological augmentation during these abductions and whatnot exactly and there's a lot of stories that you're gonna find where things are fixated on that are kind of interesting mm-hmm. so anyways the whole alien human hybrid story kind of starts with i don't even know where the hell it starts because it's been around since people have been talking about the concept of aliens basically i like to start with zachariah sitchin he wrote a book called the 12th planet which is book one of his earth chronicles have you ever seen this book before Mm -mm. i don't think i've ever brought it to the studio Zachariah Sitchin claims to be, well, he's dead now. He's a 20th century author. He wrote about ancient Sumer, which we've talked about before, which is considered to be the first, like, documented culture in world history. It's the first one where it's like they can point to a place, a time, a group of people, and have writing that backs all of it up. Are these the Sumerians? And this is the Sumerians, ancient okay. Sumer, yep. So he, what he claimed to be was a Sumerian translator. Now, the Sumerians left hundreds of thousands of clay tablets written in their cuneiform script about everything under the sun. The problem with an English, a language this old, and they existed like 4,000 BC, so like 6,000 years ago is when they think they existed, mm-hmm. roughly. The problem with a language that old, and this is like the first writing that's known to exist, basically, is how the hell do you actually translate any of it? Right. You have to base it off of findings that are around that time after that, basically. Exactly. And the other problem, too, is they have other languages like Akkadian and Phoenician, that translators claim can translate that language. But if you're trying to translate ancient Sumerian texts, you got to know like 15 other different languages and be able to translate and then translate again and then translate again and then translate again to and figure out what the hell these Sumerian tablets said. Information's probably distorted. It's distorted a lot. And it's created a very difficult situation where nobody actually knows what the hell these tablets are saying. They can find trends and they can point to some things here and there that make some sense, that like actually make sense when you put it into a story but it's very difficult to know for sure what the actual meaning of these words are like at this point in the world like academia has like five there's like five translators <laughs> that supposedly are qualified to translate these texts because a bunch of people that think they are like aren't qualified according to academia to do any of this i guess zachariah sitchin probably falls under that category sure but what he finds in these texts is kind of like a mythology story if you will like a creation mythology type story that's very similar to a bunch of other cultures including ancient greece the bible uh, a lot of the Jewish early Hebrew stuff uh, and a bunch of the other cultures around Mesopotamia and everywhere else. So this this guy, he wrote all these books about all these things that he was reading in these texts. And he started talking about how ancient Sumeria had believed that they were from the Anunnaki, which I'm sure you've probably heard that word before. From Graham Hancock, yeah. Graham Hancock and uh, the other guy, what the hell, I've talked about before, the guy that wrote Chariots of the Gods was also in the same like ballpark mm-hmm. when he wrote his book. Eric Von Daniken or something. He's yeah. still alive. He's, I've actually listened to that whole book. Yeah, yeah like. he's old, but he's still alive. He's actually still doing this shit. And when you get into these stories, according to Zachariah Sitchin's translation of a lot of it, and a lot of it is backed up when you look at the actual official ancient Sumerian mythology. They talk about these guys named Enlil and Enkai, who are basically aliens who come to Earth and they kind of like mold humanity to do their bidding, basically. And when you look at all these these translations in these stories, it's like they show up on Earth for whatever 
whatever reason, and they they need to get this work done, so they ended up using like their own people to do the work first, and then the people got pissed off and rebelled, and then they needed like a slave race to do all the labor on the earth, and they were looking for some way to just create one based on what they understood about genetics. And in these stories, it kind of makes it look like they were looking at chimpanzees, and they're like, hey, this is kind of a sort of kind of like us type species. What if we take their DNA and augment it a little bit with what we have and rebuild their DNA and then put them to work, create them and put them to work. So that's kind of where the whole thing starts is with Zachariah Sitchin coming up with theories along those lines, basically. Now, the other problem, too, is when you look at ancient, basically every single ancient mythology out there, you're going to have some story out there of gods coming to Earth, mating with humans, and creating, like, superhumans. Now, the Bible got rid of a book called the Book of Enoch. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Book of Enoch. Yeah. Now, Tim is the expert on the Book of Enoch, but they talk about these things called Nephilim. The Nephilim are considered angel-human hybrids, meaning angels came to Earth, mated with humans, and the children of that union are the Nephilim. They're like super giant, powerful, like demi-angels, basically. And in this Book of Enoch, which was part of the Bible for a, a while... It's probably taken out at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, I don't know when the hell it got taken out. And what's interesting, too, is it's considered non-canonical, but it's still, like, in there. And when you look at the history of the translations of the text, it was being translated in all the other languages that the Bible's been translated in, like Hebrew, uh, ancient Greece, Latin. There were translations of the Book of Enoch back throughout history, and it's been talked about. So it was, like, considered one of the sacred texts. Now, what's interesting about that book, though, is most Christian denominations consider it non-canonical, meaning it's not part of the Bible. It's just just an old text that was kind of grouped together. But the Ethiopian... Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church and the Eritrean Orthodox Tewahedo Church both consider it part of their Bible. And that's like 33 million Christians right there. Wow. That have the Book of Enoch in their Bible. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty good. And what's interesting about those two churches real quick is those were pre-colonial sub-Saharan African churches. Meaning they were Christian before the European colonials even showed up in Africa. Which is very interesting if you think about the history of that. Yeah. Somehow Christianity survived in Ethiopia and and in Eritrea during that time. It's just really weird how the history works. It's really weird how Ethiopia has such a high uh, Christian like population considering how heavily Islam affected North and Central Africa during a lot of that time. Now, what time period is this again? At what time period did Christianity arrive in that area? Very early. Would this be before... Well, obviously, Christianity was after Jesus' death. Yeah, this, Ethiopia was in the mix very early. Do you think maybe one of the disciples traveled there? Very possible. Because that's what... Jesus Jesus told the disciples to essentially do yeah. was to spread the word and travel. and Yeah, it's very possible when you look at uh, everything that's going on. I don't know. I don't know the history, like the history of Africa at that time. It's a very weird point. But Ethiopia is a very, there's a lot of early Christian history in Ethiopia. Like there's even rumors that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia. And when you watch like any of the old documentaries where they try to find the Ark of the Covenant, Ethiopia is always where they end up. And they always end up at this one sanctuary, a Christian sanctuary with one priest that lives within this one area he never leaves and he's the only person that supposedly is allowed to look at it that's crazy it is really interesting but anyways back to the book of enoch they talk about in the book of enoch these basically people from heaven coming down mating with humans creating alien human hybrids basically that's crazy it's crazy it's crazy to think about and it's i crazy mean to think about that. it's been going on they've been talking about the idea now obviously an angel who how is an angel even defined like christianity doesn't seem to have a good definition of what an angel actually is I mean, just think of the whole situation with Gabriel and Mary. Well, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going next. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, there's there's a guy out there. His name is Dr. Barry Downing. Dr. Barry Downing is a Presbyterian minister. Now, he's in his 80s now, but he's been on all these like ancient alien shows as well. He's a Presbyterian minister, like, like a clergy member of the Presbyterian faith, who is also a staunch advocate of the Jesus is an alien human hybrid theory. <laughs> now, put all that together for a second. This guy's a Presbyterian minister. Presbyterianism, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the more intense Christian denominations out there sure they're very regimented about who's going to heaven and who's not going to heaven this guy's a member of that and is also out there writing books so that jesus is actually an alien human hybrid could you imagine 
going to this guy. Say he had his own church. So he was like a, the, the pastor of or whatever. Could you imagine being like a Presbyterian person and it's like, oh, you go to that, that church run by the guy that thinks she's an <laughs> alien. You know what I mean? You're right. But this guy looked at the history. And when you look at the history, it's pretty interesting. Because, again, an angel came down from heaven and did something to Mary. And then Jesus pops up nine months later. The question is, is Jesus an alien human hybrid? It's very possible. Now, was Jesus an embryo that was implanted in her? Or was it something else going on? Was it a little bit more uh, rough around the edges? We don't know. It's very interesting. It, it just sounds far-fetched to call it an alien. Yes. It, it might not be an alien. You know, maybe this is... Well, an maybe alien this is, is just... Maybe they just thought, since it's coming from the heavens, coming from the sky, they didn't know what the hell it was. It was an angel or yeah. whatever. Maybe they just yeah. didn't have a word for it. Or maybe it was yeah, an active it, part of their life. That's what I mean. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't know. Now, the other problem, too, with Jesus is... At the end, he goes back up in the heaven. He gets taken back up. We call it the ascension as Christians, but mm-hmm. could it have been him just going back up to into his alien spaceship and going away? Right. Well, you know, he did perform many miracles, and he was able to do a lot of things that other people weren't able to do. Yep. So walking on water. Yeah. You know. Making the blind see. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting aspect is if... This really isn't documented very well, but there is evidence out there that Jesus was, like, a really tall human. Which, like, he would have towered over everybody else walking around. Because that was back in a time where the average height was, like, five foot for a man. Yeah. So, and I think he was at least six feet tall, based on different shit. Right. Like, the Shroud of Turin and whatever. Who knows? Maybe he could be an alien-human hybrid. It's possible. I kind of, honestly, when I look at all the history, all the trends, and I kind of just step back and look at how it all maps out, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. And what's interesting, too, is when you look at the Virgin Mary as a historical figure, we don't know a whole lot. We know basically what the Bible tells us Mm -hmm. and a little bit here and there. We know more about the the, the people that she was a part of, like her culture. And she was an Essene, E-S-S-E-N-E, I think which was a group of Jewish people that were living in the Holy Land at the time. They weren't really part of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. They were part of their own little sect that also had a lot of, not really astrology trends, but a lot of, there was a lot of hidden secrets within this 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 group itself in terms of like secret society type shit. Not really secret societies, but just, they were different. They were very different from the typical Jewish person back then. Basically. Sure. And their spiritualism was a little bit different. I think they had some some other traces with Zoroastrianism, which originated before Christianity took off, which tells a very similar story to how Jesus came about, but it just didn't work out as well. Mm. Like Zoroastrianism was a big time religion for a while, but it kind of flamed out where Christianity stayed together. Mm-hmm. But even in Zoroastrianism, there was a story about the virgin birth, the one God, the monotheism, basically shit like that. So yeah. it is kind of interesting. It is interesting. Now, the other thing with Jesus that I think, and I this is what I honestly got kind of think is he was sent here on a purpose whatever that purpose is probably a good thing i think he was too good at it and the reason why he got put to death was that he was too good his concepts actually sort of in a way when you actually read them make sense i think humans have done a very poor job of actually interpreting it and letting it carry on and i think that's why christianity is such a polarizing topic for a lot of people these days one of the first cases of cancel culture yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, shit, exactly. <laughs> but the basic principles, when you actually read the Bible, and people don't actually read the Bible, mm-hmm. is just treat people well, basically, is what the general message of Christianity is. And that has somehow gotten distorted and all this other bullshit. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting theory. I mean, like, make it not make sense. Exactly, you know that's I mean? the problem. And it's like, <laughs> like if if those texts, the uh, the Sumer text, if that's what that actually says. At the end of the day, we don't really know what it says. And we don't really know. It's very difficult to translate any of it. Like, because this, how the hell do you actually translate a six thousand year old language? Exactly, because you could take, because you could take the story of the Bible and create this alien theory just using that story and create your own little thing. Like that author could have done that. Exactly. So it could just be all that author's, you know, but you're thing dealing, or whatever. But it makes it's an interesting theory. You're dealing with the unknown no matter where you go with this discussion. That's the problem. Exactly. And when you look at every, when you just look at history in general, it's like jumps get made and then it's just kind of like, oh, well, they did this or they did this or mm-hmm. this just happened. And it's like, why the hell would any of this just happen? There's no precedent sent. Mm-hmm. There's no precedent for any of this before it happens in history. So why do we just jump to these conclusions? You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, I'm always going to be a very hard critic of the academic process i guess because i just don't feel like it answers a lot of the questions i mean we're seeing it today with everything that's going on in our world right now we're watching leaders just jump week to week into whatever the new trend is basically without actually having a process to even start in the first place or having a flawed process that they're sticking to and we've seen this full-fledged with this whole covid situation 
Exactly, where it's just the, the, the science literally changes every week with COVID, and it just shows how it shows how fragile our system is, and in a lot of ways, I think that the system is dependent on authority. And I've always believed for a very long time the system is going to dictate the importance of the coronavirus, and I'm watching it with my trends. Like the trend right now is that it's going down. I've been getting alerts from Yahoo and and Microsoft, which I just get those alerts just to see what the establishment is saying. Basically, it's almost like it's a very cultivated narrative. It's just like it's going up it's like it's like a roller coaster track and you can kind of predict where the yep. where the hills are going to go based on what these little alerts are going to say and if you send two sentences a day to a person who's just going to read it but not click on the article you're mm-hmm. still cultivating opinion and a lot of people don't really understand that and it's very scary exactly because most people just read headlines exactly and they don't they don't look into what the headline actually means like they already said yesterday or the day before that there's already a new variant of omicron coming out that it's already happening and it's like and you could take a headline and read it any way you want yeah but if it's not gonna make the headlines it's not gonna matter that's the problem sure and at the end of the day the person writing the tweet or whatever the headline is has a final authority <laughs> literally so much it's literally. so it's so stupid how our information gets disseminated these days and then you got people out there that and it's it's, it's always dependency upon establishment to make their basic lives work lots of people are not capable in and of themselves to do anything so and, and, like, and, they, you... and, and the establishment knows that Exactly. And it's all about control. Exactly. It's like I get in these arguments with people and I'm like, well, you claim to be anti-corporatist, but you watch ABC News. Like, literally. <laughs> like, seriously, what the hell is going on here? You claim that corporate America is destroying everything and yet you're watching ABC News and you're claiming that you have to go off of mainstream media to understand what's going on. And I'm like, where the hell does the logic even start with this? Outside of, I'm scared. I need an establishment to make things normal so I can function. Yep. Because I'm they- not strong on my own. And you look to them for all the answers because they say they can provide all the answers. And they always have somebody, there's always somebody else to point a finger at. And it's usually somebody that probably has something that they really want, but they can't do because they suck as people. But they also think differently than you think. So now they become the bad guy. Yep. And then they get canceled. Normally the people that are get canceled normally have a lot of good information. Or just they that, just that, do. That aren't a part of the narrative. Or they just do do things differently. Not even necessarily correct, but they just give you a different perspective. Well, that's the other problem, too. They give a different perspective. That perspective gets attention. It's always depending on what people actually want out of life. That's where it always starts and ends. Mm-hmm. Somebody always has something that they want, whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's whatever. And then somebody does something different, gets that bad person, terrible person, cancel him. And it's always digging and digging and digging to find whatever that, that thing is that could possibly make this person a bad person, whether it could be a voting record. It could and honestly, it could not even be based on beliefs. It could just be a voting record. And this is exactly what happened to Jesus. Yes. Because <laughs> he was an alien human hybrid. Yes. Anyway, so basically what I'm trying to say with all this, and we can even go into Greek mythology real quick. Zeus was banging everybody on the, under the sun. They all were. Why? And it's very, when you look at the trends, it's very similar to what was going on in Sumer. Enlil and Enkai were getting around pretty well too. They mm-hmm. were the, they were the kind of the two key Sumerian gods, if you will, if you want to call them that. But Zeus was getting in. They were all fucking around, basically, with humans and whoever. And there were these like little like demigod types that were being born from humans and gods, basically, or mm-hmm. Zeus or goddesses or whatever. So the trend exists across culture, and it exists everywhere. It exists. You're going to find similar stories if you look at them in Native American mythology and uh, East Asian mythology. You're going to find that type of shit everywhere mm-hmm. in some degree or fashion. So why does that keep popping up? Outside of the fact that maybe aliens are coming around and, <laughs> and getting it on. I mean, seriously. They got to let they gotta let off some steam, too, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Do you have Hulu? Yes. There's a show called People of Earth mm-hmm. on Hulu. It's a, it's a TBS account. It's like a 22-minute 22 minute episodes like the first three are funny because it's about an it's about an alien support group where it's all ufo experiencers is what they call themselves and they meet like aa but it's ufo <laughs> stories but the problem is the group is completely dysfunctional and they, they just can't <laughs> they, they, they can't get through a discussion and they can't actually help each other it, it follows them but it also follows the actual aliens that are fucking around with these people <laughs> And the one guy, he's a he's a Nordic, and he kind of looks like Legolas, and he's been fucking two of the chicks in the support group, and they're getting really pissed off with each other because they're both jealous that he's banging <laughs> both of them. Basically, it's it's pretty funny, it's pretty enjoyable. Now the first three or four episodes are really good, and then it kind of goes off the rails. But mm-hmm. nice. Anyways, what else do we got today? Basically, what I have more modern stuff going on here. So basically, what I was talking about earlier with the abductions, the possibility of alien human hybrids in 
modern times today sure is you really you have to look at the abductions and you have to look at the experiences a lot of them have almost the same story and that's the thing that i keep seeing as the story kind of stays the same a lot of people are like well they probably heard the story so they made it up but i wouldn't say that that's the case I, the, the similarities are too common they're too common and I mean, we could start off with a famous one. You know about the Betty and Barney Hill abduction in 1961, right? Yes. Well, if you remember that famous story, when they were abducted, they were subjected to a lot of experiments, and they were all mostly all sexual. Betty said that she was injected with something. With you know, they put a needle into her stomach and they injected her with something. And Barney claimed that they took skin samples and sperm samples from him. What's interesting is the majority of all these alien abduction stories talk about the grays yes the gray aliens but if you remember the travis walton story about when he was abducted he was a logger out in arizona yeah we talk about him on aliens part three yes aliens part three if you remember his story he talks about the grays as well but if you remember in his story he kind of freaks out at the grays and he kind of hits one and he falls back and he sees this room with all this with all these instruments and tools and all that shit and he goes into another room with a control panel do you remember who he sees in that room with the control panel I thought it was like a smoking hot chick, or is that something different? I think that was a different one. Okay, so I thought he was—I thought he was dealing with the Nordics, but maybe not. But he saw a human. It was like and it was an alien, but it looked just like a human. He was like, "I saw a human," and he came up to me, he put this mask on me, and that's when he passed out again, and oh. that's when he was back into the woods. Okay. So it's like, what is that all about? Yeah, that's a really weird one. Now, is this a human hybrid? Was this an alien that was raised on the ship that he saw? Because honestly, out of all these abduction stories, Travis Walton's is probably the most convincing in my opinion it's one of the yeah he's gotten a lot of exposure he's even been on joe rogan before yeah and he's incredibly consistent with his description of the abduction and what he saw and everything like that yeah and the thing with travis walton the the convincing aspect of his story to me is that there are lots of other things found that don't get talked about today yes that are talked about in books 25 years ago that they found in the area Mm-hmm. that are just like what the fuck something definitely something happened, happened there i just something don't know how it was and, and aliens make more sense than anything else and it sucks that a lot of these abductees have to go through hypnosis because science doesn't really consider hypnosis a thing that does they don't really take it seriously but i think you kind of do are these people just making all this shit up Where, where's the motivation to make i mean anybody can make anything up exactly you can make up if you want to make up a story you can make up a much more better story on, on all of these like i'm sure there's a lot of abduction stories that i haven't read but from the the ones that I've seen, he's the only one that says that he actually saw a human up there. That he didn't go up with himself. Yeah. And this and this human is like an alien, but it looked just like a human. And the he and he put this like mask thing on him to where he blacked out, and then he ends up back in the woods where he was taken. Yeah, and I guess I like the like the Nordic aliens are kind of like human-ish. Mm-hmm. They're like exaggerated humans, but they're still more or less humanish. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I see. I thought he was dealing with the uh, with the Nordics, but it could have been somebody different. I can't remember. You you might be right. Yeah, but he's also there's a show called UFO Files Declassified or something on Netflix that I watched. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about it on the show before. He's also on that one. Mm-hmm. That show has everybody on it. It's, yeah. It puts a name. It's a puts a face with all the names that we talk about. But that's a really interesting story. Now I got I got one I want to get in real quick. There's a guy named Peter Corey who had a very similar abduction story i guess to travis walton and it follows similar trends now this guy was in australia and he claims that he had multiple encounters with aliens this guy claims that in one of his encounters he met two alien women one was a nordic and the other one kind of looked asian and when he came back from the encounter he was examining his uh his unit down there Mm -hmm. because he he thought that something happened He, he thought he was having some good time and he found a foreign hair on his thing his, his device, if mm-hmm. you will. Sure. He saved it, and they tested it, and they couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They treat this this Peter Corey case, and that's like K-H. Let me, let me spell it real quick. K-H-O-U-R-Y. Mm-hmm. Peter Corey. They treat his case as like the only time where there's like actual physical alien evidence. Yeah. evidence, basically. And it's all because he was having a pretty good time up there, apparently. There, there's a lot of stories that are kind of similar. Now, this is the one where there's an actual yeah, cause something. Because honestly, with all these stories, there's like there's just no evidence. Yeah, well, they tested this. They couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. Right. Now, this one I just found out about today. Like, I feel like I should have known about this forever. I just found out about this one today. So that's kind of crazy. Anyways, what else you got? 
this is kind of crazy. I don't really know if it means anything, but there is, there's a weird connection in a certain area of the United States. So I want to get into a, a quick abduction story about a woman named Kim Carlsberg. Okay. She was a photographer, and she saw a UFO in the Pacific Palisades. It's right on the coast of California near L.A. It's 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 like a neighborhood kind of. Okay. It's kind of just like a section of L.A. County near near L.A. Okay. And uh, with this abduction, she was sitting on the beach at night and she saw this craft over the ocean yada 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 and it was coming towards her then it kind of just went away and um she lived by the ocean like her whole life so she'd never seen like anything like this she she knows the difference between boat lights planes and stuff like that so she'd never seen anything like this before okay and she went to bed that night like normal but when she woke up she was not in her bed she was on like an operating table she was basically brought up by these aliens sure she claims that she was being used for her dna to create hybrid children they would take her egg and someone else's sperm and combine it with their sperm with the alien sperm create these babies and they would actually wait wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> this is what she claims so this was on this is actually on history channel this woman was talking about it so they're they're combining two different samples of male reproductive that's cells. that's what i got from it yes one's alien is what the other one human yes with her eggs how does that necessarily create a hybrid you could, you could just be creating like normal human babies. Maybe they wanted. Or were they trying? Are they trying to do three? Are there are there three parents in this? Yes, that's what I'm assuming. You can look it up on YouTube. Kim Carlsberg. She I'll she has this interview. Yeah, because... that's that's what she said. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. <laughs> but they would put the fetus in her for like a few months to let it develop, and then they would bring her back up and take it out. What's weird is in this same area of the Pacific Palisades, very recently, there was a weird case about a man named Jeffrey Lash who collapsed in a supermarket parking lot in Santa Monica and was supposedly suffering from cancer. Now, his fiance Catherine Nebron, and her employee, Dawn Van Bunker, tried to get help while this was going on but Lash insisted that he did not want to be taken to a hospital and he did not want any of the women to call 911. They witnessed him suffering from some kind of seizure. They said they tried for like three hours to keep him alive but they were unsuccessful and they he eventually died. Okay. This Jeffrey Lash. Why they didn't take him to a hospital? You're probably wondering why they just didn't take him anyway? Yeah, I'm like, this is a lot of effort. Right. With no, <laughs> <laughs> with no hope. They were told by Lash that he was a human alien hybrid that he worked for a top secret government agency as an undercover operative and that he was here to save mankind and was monitored and tracked at all times by the agency. This is what Lash told them. So they put his body in an SUV and parked it near the home him and Nebron shared, which was in the uh, uh, Pacific Palisades neighborhood. I feel like if I'm about to die, the last <laughs> thing I'm going to say is that I'm an alien-human hybrid. No, like, not before he died. Like, I think he told her this a little, uh, like, before like i don't know how long before he died but so they just got an apartment together or a house together i, I, I guess well, i'm living with this alien human hybrid guy now i don't know if that's actually the case or not it's, but. it's kind of a weird case but it, it seems kind of shady about the two women but it gets it gets a little different when i get through it so okay dawn's family who lives in oxnard california reported her missing two days after she left with nebron for oregon and they left because apparently they were just really upset about his death they left him in the suv for a while because they thought that the agency or the aliens or whatever would come take his body because he didn't want to be discovered by police hospital anything like that so they figured that they would come take his body his fiance returned after 10 days and she was shocked that the agency didn't pick up his body she then contacted her attorney who then contacted lapd and what they found in the house was pretty fucking crazy oh my the, god the lapd officers searched lashes home on friday july 17th and they found him dead in the car obviously and they recovered firearms and ammunition worth about five million dollars the weapons cash included 1200 firearms rifles shotguns handguns 6.5 tons of ammunition bows arrows machetes knives nearly two hundred and thirty thousand dollars in cash and they also found 14 vehicles several vehicles have been modified for use in battle or for different terrains all were registered in his name the 14 vehicles included an amphibious toyota suv designed to drive underwater and other cars that were modified for the desert now this all probably sounds like these people were into weapons dealing or drugs. Yeah, I mean, my first guess. But, first guess. But that's not the case. Nobody really knows anything about this Jeffrey Lash. He dropped out of UCLA in the 80s, and he was a bit of a loner and just like a gun collector.
collector. Statements from neighbors said they only knew him as Bob. And he basically just kept to himself. And he told his neighbors that he worked for the FBI and CIA. And the neighbors had no reason to question him. Sure. And they noticed his health was in decline. But Lash told the neighbors that he was on some mission where he was exposed to a toxic uh, nerve agent. Okay. But ultimately, no one knows where he worked or how he was able to fund all this shit that he had in his house. The ammunition, the super modified cars, all this shit, and how he got the cash on hand. And everything, the police did all these investigations, everything was obtained legally. And there was no evidence of any criminal activity from this Jeffrey Lash. And no criminal activity regarding the weapons, how he got the cash, anything. His attorney has no idea how any of this shit was obtained. And the the investigation is still going on. That's attorney-client privilege, I think. No, but like apparently his fiance didn't know what the fuck was going on either. How he got all this shit? It's pretty. So he it's, claims it's pretty he was, crazy. He claims he was an alien-human hybrid. Yes, he's got millions of dollars worth of firearms and yep. and nobody war can equipment. and nobody knows his history. Nobody can figure out where this guy is from, how he made, how he got all this money, where he got it from. I'm assuming they can't find any family. He had to have been there. Had to he had to have inherited something, or he could have been in the witness. I, I feel like they would have found an inheritance. Or maybe the he, government knows all about that shit. Maybe he won the lottery and won in the witness relocation program. I don't know. Maybe man. he's just really. It's just it's just a weird case. It's a very that how all this shit happens, and then you have this alien abduction at the in, in the same in the location, same place, it's the yeah. same place. It's just a weird coincidence. That's a really weird story. <laughs> like this isn't just a little a little bit of money or weapons. No, or this is that's an. Absurd, like just millions, tons of ammunition, tons of shit. Like the Ukraine military probably doesn't have that much. <laughs> Literally. <Seriously. laughs> so it's like how, like how the fuck, like what is going on here? And he was apparently there to save mankind and all this shit. And, and, and he 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 said enough to convince these two women to not call the police. Do not take me to a hospital because I cannot be. You know what I mean? None of that makes sense because at the end of the day, he died. He died with I, this I whole know. story. The whole thing going on, and he was like, fuck it, I'm sticking to the plan. Exactly. And if everything was obtained legally, like they, they like all the paperwork, everything was there. Like they found nothing, they found nothing criminal about the situation. And the other problem too is this is California we're talking about. There, yeah. That is <laughs> like, everything I own is illegal in California. I'm not even joking. I looked at it. And it's how the hell do you pull? I, I just, I just none of this, know. none of this makes any sense. You're gonna have to look more into it. I, What's for, this guy's name again? His name was Jeffrey Lash, but the neighbors and the community only knew him as Bob. Jeffrey Lash. I have to go home tonight and now, work on this. Before because... before the police talked to the attorney, they didn't know his name. He was unidentified until the attorney confirmed that his name was Jeffrey Lash. So now, in in the articles that I found, they didn't really give any information about what happened with the fiance after whether she was questioned or but uh it's it's, it's kind of <laughs> now how old was this guy did it say anything i think like he that? was like 60 okay it's a little bit older than what i was picturing but i guess yeah. yeah i don't know it was just weird maybe i don't know maybe it doesn't have anything to do with anything but no that, that's a weird story in and of itself that's something i want to dig into because mm, yeah just the sheer quantity of all that and no records of any of this this is yeah this is beyond anything I'm familiar with. To have all that, all those weapons, and to not find... Any evidence of illegal activity... Is very weird. Now, I really don't have a problem with people collecting guns at all. Sure, like, me, me neither. And obviously, he didn't do anything. There, those, There's no criminal activity, so there's no evidence of him doing anything bad with any of this. It's like, what, what's he doing with all this shit? This is in, like, a neighborhood. I'm curious as to where the fuck he put all these 14 vehicles. I can't figure out. 14 vehicles? That, that number? How the hell do you store that many guns and that much ammo? And this guy was a loner. Like, what was he going to do with all this shit? Like, they said he doesn't have many friends. He doesn't really know anyone. He stuck to himself. Didn't really talk to anybody. Now, the other thing, too, that kills me with this whole story is even if they're trying to cover something up, even if, so let's, let's just say that they are for a second, these two women landed on alien-human hybrid. <laughs> Literally. Like, that's that's their story? For the whole fucking thing. Now, it is shady that they just left him in the SUV, and then they, they left town for, like, 10 days. And the one the one never came back. She ended up sending a letter to the family saying that she was just so distraught that she was, like, you know. We got we to gotta make a movie out of this, because this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm, look, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah, so I she, she, I was, she was later found at a motel in Oregon, apparently recovering from the shock of the death of the alien savior. That's how she described him, alien savior. I don't 
Maybe no. he maybe he had information that he was gonna maybe he was gonna say something and they killed him and he just needed to die. You know that happens know. in a lot of situations, but nothing, none of this, none of it makes sense. None of it. Makes Not sense. one aspect <laughs> of the story makes sense. You can find one of the articles at ktla.com, paranormalconnectionradioshow.wordpress.com. Um, I think those were the two sources that I got most of that from. The sun.co.uk. I don't know. It looks I don't like know if that was it from was that. 2015 when this whole 2015. Thing okay, yeah. I knew it wasn't crazy long ago. I wonder if he was a if he was trying to form a cult or something. That's kind of where I'm starting to I'm starting to think he was. Maybe he had these two women hoodwinked somehow. Or me. I think his fiance was um, Dawn's employer, so she, they had some type of business together where she was employed by her. Yeah, and that's how he knew her. See, I'm I'm starting to think maybe maybe there was he was a cult leader or something. And in today's age, it's possible to form like an online cult and distance yourself if you do it properly and you have enough layers together. You could just be some fucking guy. I guess that would be completely inconspicuous. It's just nobody knew the guy. Yeah, and that's it, what's weird. It is possible, even if you got two people that you trust, he's got these two women in the mix. Yeah, maybe they're doing a lot more behind the scenes. It's possible, and in the digital age, it is it is kind of possible to pull that type of shit off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't answer the question as to how the hell he got twelve hundred guns in the house <laughs> and fourteen combat ready vehicles. Even if you can figure out a way to legally purchase twelve hundred firearms, you're on watch lists upon watch lists. You're on every watch list if you're doing that. Literally. How don't they have any income statements at all for this guy? I don't know. How the hell can you live? <laughs> how how can... I've been trying to figure it out. How could you possibly live in today's society and die in age, at 2015 without having anything out there on you? And that's and, California, and like, too. And, and like, I, I looked up all this shit, and there's really not any more information on any other sites. We're going to like, use some, we're gonna have to use some different search engines. I used Brave. This is on Chrome. But okay. I, I looked it up on Brave too, and I basically found all the same shit. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna have to get on. I'm gonna have to go to lovetopsecret.com and see what the hell they're talking about with this. Yeah, maybe you can find some on there. But yeah, it's weird. Weird story. It's really, probably that is probably the single weirdest story we've covered on the show. Again, alien human hybrid is the answer to this question, or is what what this guy claims is the answer to the question. Right. They're still doing investigations on it. As far as I know, they haven't concluded anything because I think those are the most recent articles that they have on the, on the case. Um, anyways, on that note, I'm out of shit. That was probably the worst discussion we've ever had. No, that was, I think that was, it was, I, it was, I was a good discussion. Good. It was just, I think that went pretty good. Um, if any of you guys have seen an alien human hybrid or have been abducted by aliens and have been sexually assaulted by aliens, please tweet us at 30 in or comment on our Facebook page. And if you are an alien-human hybrid, please tweet us at 30 in the. Please comment on Facebook. We want to interview you. We want to get you in the studio. If you are an alien-human hybrid out there and you're listening, please tweet us. Please, please check us out. Please uh, come in and help us clarify some of these problems that we're having. Yes, definitely. If you are one and you'd like to get in, we got some hypothetical free merch we can get you. Definitely. Uh, we can get you. We can help out. If you got a business, we can help give you a shout-out. Definitely. So alien-human hybrids, please listen. Um on that note, I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. So, peace. Hey, I mean, hey. And then we get into everybody's got a, you know, you got to you sow your seed. Everyone's got everybody has their thing, you know. Everyone's got a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Sow your seed. Yes. Everyone's got to sow your seed. Your wild oats, if you will. Yes. And even, even the aliens. They got to let they got to let off some steam too, man. And everywhere else. Are you good? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I I just <laughs> wasn't sure if you wouldn't need to go take a piss or something. No, I have like slight ADD, so I'm just like Ah, uh, okay. I have to move something to continue to concentrate. I'm sorry. These things called the Nephilim. Nephilim? Nephilim. Okay. Which Tim's going to get pissed off because I know I pronounced that wrong, but I don't really care. Sorry, Tim. The Nephilim are 